Hi there, this is Ella Starr with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, March 5th, 2022. As always, this Key Races and Bets podcast, as well as the companion part, the Key Races and Bets blog, the written version basically, is brought to you by Amwager.com, a great legal online wagering website with great betting tools and perks. Legal for residents of most states and covering most tracks in North America as well as many around the world. Go to amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com to find out more if you're not a member. And either way, if you are or aren't, you can get the Key Races and Bets blog by clicking on How to Bet at Ella Star's blog. We're going to start with three of the great races on the Saturday, March 5th card at Gulfstream Park. Starting with race 11, the Mac Diarmida Stakes with a post of 5-10 Eastern. We kick off a great sequence of three races with its annual 11 furlong turf marathon, field of 11. There are four horses which, as a group, have the bulk of the probability to win, in my opinion. In preference order, those are going to be Temple, Aban, Media Blitz, and Fantasioso. What's interesting here is Mike Maker trains 5 of the 11, and Todd Pletcher trains 3, which is rare for Pletcher. Among the Maker quintet, not only do I suspect Temple will be the one at the higher odds, one of the higher odds horses, but he's actually the one in the best form having finished fast from 11th of 12th early to get second five weeks ago in the very similar McKnight Stakes at 12 furlongs. This veteran loves the Gulfstream turf, evidenced by a record of four wins, five seconds, and two-thirds in 13 starts. Maker saddled him to a runner-up finish in last year's McKnight, and he was beaten the nose for third and just over length for the win in last year's running of this race. Mike Maker lost him via the claim last June, but reclaimed him in November, which is a big sign. Jose Ortiz takes over and a repeat of the horse's effort last time out could be good enough to win and at worst finish second, so he'll be the exact key. We'll be talking about the exact a little later. However, for Temple to win, he will have to first get by Aban, who stalked in second in the McKnight, then led for the last mile of the race. And he won two in a row before that, leading from start to finish. Under Saez, he's likely to control the race once again. Now with a record of four wins and two seconds and six starts on grass, there's no knocks except likely very low odds. So it's entirely possible one of the other maker horses will try and keep him honest. And as such, he's no lock. Media Blitz is one of the most lightly raced horses in the field, having run just 14 times. But like the first two horses mentioned, he shows up nearly every time with a 3-4-2 record. His best race ever came when third in the McKnight when he was just three-quarters of a length from Temple and Joel Rosario riding back after being up for the first time certainly doesn't hurt his chances. Fantasioso just won the nearly identical John B. Connolly stakes five weeks ago, actually finishing a deadly for the win after rallying from 8th to 12. He was second in the two-mile Belmont Gold Cup last year and so loves these longer-distance races on grass and he's been first or second in nearly 50% of his 29 turf starts. As such, Fantasioso rounds out the quartet we're going to use for doubles and pick three tickets at the very least. The bets in the Mac Diarmida Stakes race 11 to Gulfstream on March 5th, the post of 510. Win bet starting with the top choice and betting two of the three depending on odds. The top choice is Temple and 7 to 2 would be the odds I'd consider. Media Blitz at 4 to 1. Fantasioso at 9 to 2. We already know a bond's going to be heavily bet, so not a good win bet. And considering we're probably going to end up betting two of the three because we're going to get those prices, when considering the odds disparity between two or three possible win bets, the best option is to use a tool to proportion your wagering dollars for a mathematical edge, and that's called a dutching tool, 
which does just that. There's a free one available at Amwager.com, which is just one of many perks and tools for the racing fan and better. For the Exacta, I want to play Temple over a Bond, Media Blitz, and Fantasioso. Then I want to turn around and play a Bond, Media Blitz, and Fantasioso over Temple. Then we're going to play doubles and pick threes. In race 11, the doubles are going to be Temple, a Bond, Media Blitz, and Fantasioso. In race 12, we're going to use Simplification in due time and Emmanuel. For the pick three, we're going to use Temple, a Bond, Media Blitz, and Fantasioso in race 11. Simplification in due time and Emmanuel in race 12. And in race 13, we're going to use Opalina, Diamond Wow, Bally del Sol, Mischievous Kiss, and La Marina. That's Opalina, Diamond Wow, Bally Soul, Mischievous Kiss, and La Marina. If all the horses go at the 50 cent minimum, that's a $30 pick three. Moving on to race 12, the Fountain of View Stakes post 542 Eastern on Saturday, March 5th. And all this is a field with a number of potentially talented horses. A number of them also have knocks, such as those stretching out to a route, coming back from layoffs, or coming off poor efforts. As a result, there are just three I can make a case for as win contenders, and those are In Due Time, Simplification, and Emmanuel. In Due Time debuted last July in a five and a half furlong sprint, and even back then showed his physical and mental athleticism battling head-to-head for the first half mile, then pulling away from the field. Rested nearly seven months, he began his sophomore campaign in earnest with a third-place finish in a sprint, but in his second start off the left, really showed his talent. In that race on February 4th, in due time, was 7th of 8 in the early stages, moved off the rail with about 3 eighths of a mile to run, accelerated very professionally when asked by Paco Lopez for drawing off the win by 6 lengths. In doing so, in due time, earned a career-best 100 equity speed figure, which is also the highest figure earned by any of the 13 horses in this race in 2022. I have little doubt about in due time handling the two-turn trip he's taking on for the first time because his sire not this time has simplification and howling time in the race and both have run well at the distance. In addition, recent Risen Star Stakes winner Epicenter is yet another son of not this time who in just two crops has had six different horses from 19 sons and daughters win dirt route stakes races. As such, and with logical improvement in the second start of the year, it appears in due time can post a mild upset to win this year's Fountain of Youth. Simplification was expected to go for the lead at the start in last month's Holy Bull Stakes based on his wire-to-wire win one month earlier in the Mucha Macho Man and based on his statement by trainer Antonio Sano. However, when the gate opened, Simplification tossed his head and the strategy flew out the window. Still, showing composure when in an unusual position given he had been first or second in three straight prior to that, Simplification rallied from seventh of nine to get second, although no match for the winner. In the Mucho Macho Man, before that, Simplification earned a career-best 98 figure that might have been improved upon if he had run on the lead as expected. But nevertheless, the 95 figure earned in the Holy Bull was not bad. With an inside post for the Fountain of Youth, if Simplification can get a length lead early as he did in the Mucho Macho Man, he could get very brave win this race. But, having seen how well he ran from behind the Holy Bull, it's conceivable if other horses want the lead more, Simplification may still run well enough to win. Additionally, and quite possibly significantly, trainer Antonio Sano won the 2017 Fountain of Youth with Gunavera, following a second-place finish in the Holy Bull, the same as Subification. Emmanuel's won two entrants in this race from the bar of Todd Pleasure, the other being Modonical. Although Modonical has stage experience, having won the Renaissance Stakes last December with a 93 figure, and third in the Holy Bull with a 95 in his three-year-old debut, I like Emmanuel a little more, and he's much more interesting and probable to succeed in my opinion. 
Emmanuel debuted in December in a one-turn mile race at Gulfstream and demolished the 10-horse field by nearly seven lengths with a 92 figure. And don't forget, Modonigal's Remsen winning figure was 93. Pleasure then sent the cold across the state to run an allowance race at Tampa Bay Downs on January 30th, and in that race, Emmanuel dominated once again, this time by four lengths. Now, that race was a mile and 40 yards, but Emmanuel ran the three-path the whole way, so actually probably ran closer to this mile and 16th. The pace was slow that day, but in his debut, he ran much faster. I'm not concerned about the prospect of him having to come from off the pace. And Luis Saez, who rode Emmanuel in his debut local win, gets back on, and the 98 figure in the last win certainly puts him right there with the best of the field, if repeated or improved upon. Now, honorable mention goes to Mo Donegal, as I talked about earlier. Really hasn't done much wrong. Should improve in his second start as a three-year-old in 95 figure in the Holy Bull. Also, Rattle and Roll, who returns from nearly five months off, may need a race before his best, as he's facing a field full of horses which have run once or twice already in 2022. But he was very impressive winning the Breeders' Futurity last fall with a 100 figure. Also of note is Galt, on an improving pattern of efforts and figures, as he earned an 84 winning off the layoff in December that took another step forward with a 93 figure, in the Holy Bowl, a race in which he had he was not expected to be on the lead early, but when simplification tossed his head, Galt found himself doing the dirty work on the front end before tiring to fourth. Galt should improve, and with an outside post, is definitely a horse we should consider. Similarly, Howling Time led from the start in the Kentucky Jack Club Stakes, which is unusual, as he had relaxed in fourth in the early stages before that winning the street sets. The Kentucky Jack Club has turned out to be a really productive race, for two-year-olds last year, with runner-up Classic Causeway winning the Sam F. Davis off a two-month list in February, with Brad Abario winning the Holy Bull, and with Call Me Midnight winning the LeCompte Stakes off a similar layoff. In the Holy Bull Stakes, race 12 at Gulfstream on Saturday, March 5th, at 5.42 p.m., in due time should be considered first, and a win bet is warranted at 3-1 to one or more. Simplification has minimum odds of 7-2, but that's his starting odds, so he may not be playable. But I would do it at 7-2 or more, probably a little more than 7-2. Emmanuel opens at 9-2, which is slightly higher than his 4-1 starting odds. And if those odds hold up, which is a bit unlikely because pleasure trains, he could bet as well, but for a smaller amount. For the exactas, I want to play two exactas here. I want to play in due time overall, and then I want to play in due time simplification and Emmanuel over... In due time, simplification, and manual, and then add howling time, rattle and roll, Mo Donald and Galt in second. We're adding howling time, rattle and roll, Mo Donald and Galt in second as well. For daily doubles, I want to play simplification, in due time, and manual in race 12. And in race 13, Opalina, Diamond Wow, Folly Del Sol, Mischievous Kiss, and La Marina. Moving on to the last race in this great sequence on Saturday, March 5th. This is the Here Comes the Bright Six. And race 13 at Gulfstream with a post of 612. The contenders in preference order are Opalina, Diamond Wow, Bally Del Sol, Mischievous Kiss, and La Marina. Opalina showed talent in her first two starts, both turf sprints when second, before stretching out to a mile Gulfstream last summer and crushed the field by 12. Wheeling back 24 days later, she rallied from 11th to 5th in the Jessamine Stakes at Keeneland, but was beaten a total of just a length and a half, so basically about five necks. Rested three months to mature, she came back to finish third in the ginger brew at this mile trip after leading late and demonstrated she needed a race, which is exactly the case because Opalina next won the nearly identical Swedish chance stakes four weeks ago. Luis Saez was up then as now, and she has a big turn of foot when asked because she went from fourth and four legs back to the lead in an eighth of a mile last time out. So 
So Opalina gets slight preference. However, Diamond Wow beat Opalina back in August in a five furlong sprint on grass in her debut, then won the off turf RJ Peg Stakes before rallying to be second. Beaten ahead in the same Jessamine Stakes, Opalina was fifth in. Given nearly four months off, she came back on dirt and finished fourth, proving nothing more than she needed a race. Simply put, she's on a pattern for massive improvement and nearly won a great stakes on grass, so Diamond Wow should be taken very seriously as a contender. Bally Del Sol stretches out and tries turf for the first time and can handle the changes. She broke her maiden on dirt in an off-turf race in October, was fourth in the stakes in mid-January, and ran big when closing for second in a highly rated allowance on the all-weather. She's by a strong turf sire in Bala Bali. And perhaps more importantly, the only other foal of the dam had a record of four wins, five seconds, and five-thirds on grass. Mostly routes. So that's why I think Bali Del Sol can take the turf and the distance. She'd likely be a nice price. Can absolutely run better than her odds suggest. Mischievous Kiss returns from three months off. And that's about her only real question mark. She won the Chelsea Flower Stakes last November on turf in New York, then nearly won the Tepid Stakes 22 days later. Mott does very well with horses coming off layoffs in turf route. They outperform the average trainer. And her works are regularly spaced, so if she runs back to the Chelsea Flower Stakes, Mischievous Kiss could be in the thick of the action on the wire. Leah Marina doesn't get the best post for a mile as she drew the far outside, and she has tactical speed, but she was second in the early stages when last seen winning the Way to Wild Stakes on this course from the 8th post, so the outside may not be an issue. Like Mott, Christophe Clement, horses do very well off layoffs, and Rosario, who rode her to a maiden win in October, gets back on. Liam Marino would need to improve off her 2-year-old form to be competitive, but that's likely because she's had some time off and she's a much more 3-year-old, much more mature 3-year-old. In the Here Comes the Bride Stakes, race 11 at Gulfstream on Saturday, March 5th, 6-12 Eastern. I'll first consider Opalina, at odds of 7-2 or more for a win bet. 7-2-2 or more. Next, Diamond Wow should be bet to win a 4-1 or higher. As for Bally Del Sol, Mr. Kiss, and Liat Marina, 5-1 is the lowest odds I'd consider for a win bet, but that's only after determining whether Opalina or Diamond Wow are at odds worth wagering to win. And again, with multiple win possibilities, particularly if you get a couple horses here at 4-1 and 10-1, definitely use a dutching tool like the free and easy one at amwager.com. For the exacta, I want to box Opalina, Diamond Wow, Bally Del Sol, and Mischievous Kiss. Don't want to go five deep. But if any of those four scratch, I would sub Leah Marina in this exacta box. Don't forget to get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast. Go to amwager.com. It's free. A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Click on How to Bet and All Stars blog to get the Key Races and Bets blog. I hope you have a great day at Gulfstream on Saturday, Fountain of Youth Day. Make a lot of money. We'll talk to you next week.